Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Tracy Phobes with me. Tracy is the founder of Penny Pinch and Mom. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, Tracy. You started blogging in 2009. Tell me, what were your goals when you started Penny Pinch and Mom? You know, honestly, I just was trying to put the deals I was finding at my store in one easy-to-find platform for all of my friends. And, you know, I looked back, and once I realized, oh, maybe I can make a little money and have some fun, I actually wrote down goals. And I found a lot of humor when I looked back at those because my five-year plan was to have, like, 500 page views and maybe be making about $500 a month or something ridiculous like that. And so I look back at that. And now that I've learned is what I have, I realize my goals were a little understated. So give us an idea of where you are now. I mean, your goal was to have 500 pages. I don't know if that was a month or a year or a day. It Uh, was um, 500 page views a month. And now we're over 3 million page views a month. 3 million page views a month. That is just absolutely incredible. It it really is. I feel really just humbled that so many people stop by to pay me a visit every single day. So tell us, uh, if if you would, what is Penny Pinch and Mom about? Basically, it is a site I'm trying to help families make the most out of their budget. With the downturn in the economy, people losing jobs, um, income being cut, there are still ways to afford your groceries and the things you need if you know how to be smart with your money. So my tips are more than just printing a coupon and taking it to the store. I'm trying to help my readers get out of debt, sharing tips on how to save on the things that they need and the things that they want. Um, We're doing a series right now on how can you save on a Disney vacation. So things along that line, just general money-saving tips and ideas to make their life much more well-balanced. Okay. And I would say the timing was perfect to start this in 2009. It was about as bad as it got yes, in terms of the was. recession. <laughs> so tell me about the early days of your blog. What was your growth strategy? Let's just talk about maybe the first one year. How? What were you doing um, – yeah, just talk about the first year of, of, of blogging. What was some of the content that you wrote about, and, and what was your growth strategy back then? Back then, I really was kind of flying by the seat of my pants, to be completely honest. I didn't have a lot of plans. I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to figure out how to make a site look good. I was doing a lot of research on coding, because at that point, I was on my own. I had no contacts. I had no connections. So I was just trying to reach out to news media and get on some TV stations, um, commenting on other sites, trying to get a little bit of growth that way. But that time was where I actually made most of my mistakes. And I've learned a lot from those. And honestly, the biggest mistake I made was my site name. When I first started, I was Kansas City Penny Pension Mama. A lot of things were wrong with that. Uh, First of all, I pigeonholed myself into one market because people thought I was only covering Kansas City. The second problem with it is it was a site name that was just way too long, 
and hard to remember. So in March of 2010, we actually rebranded. And when I did that, all of a sudden these doors started opening and I started networking with other people who saw me as a legitimately honest, good blogger. And from there, we've just kind of grown the site. So let's talk about there are a couple of things that you mentioned. One is you were from the very beginning trying to reach out to some news media. Yes. What 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 specific medias were you trying to reach out and how did you do that? It was actually just our local TV stations. And what I would do is I would just email them and say, hey, I'm sharing money-saving tips here in Kansas City. Here are some things that I have found. And it actually ended up working, and I did get on one of the local stations. So my hard work did pay off. Okay. And – what did that do to your business? Was there any immediate result of that, or it was just nice to be able to say I was on the local news, but it didn't really translate into anything? Um, it was actually a little bit of both. I did get a little bit of traffic, not as much as I was hoping for. But the bigger picture was I wanted that on my resume. So that way, as I reached out to others, I could say, well, you know, I've been on our local ABC affiliate. So it kind of established me as a credible blogger. And if the news media is going to work with me, then that definitely gives more credibility when reaching out to bigger companies and PR firms and whatnot, because I have established myself in that market. Okay. And in terms of networking, you also mentioned networking was very important. Who did you network with back then? Uh, actually, I started networking with other bloggers who were in the same field as me, Uh I learned that they were working together to find content and to ask questions and to grow and got invited and actually into a Skype group with a few of them. And it's just taken off from there. And now actually these bloggers are some of my closest friends. Okay. And how many were there? Was it maybe 10? So we, you know, the audience kind of gets an idea that do I need to network with a hundred people or no. is it 10 people? Yeah, or? I, our group is maybe about 10 to 15 people. I think is how many we have in there. I didn't want anything more than that because it, it gets overwhelming. Um, when you keep it small, then that really helps because you build up that trust and that rapport and you can really work on working with one another and helping one another grow. And as that small group grew, I started to meet other people as a result of those connections. So I do have several networking groups, if you will, and each one is made up of no more than, you know, 10 to 15 people. So that helps because that I can come to these people are helping me with a deal. This person's going to help me with content. This uh, networking group is on the technical side. So I can go to whichever group I need and help those people and those people help me in return. And and how did you know that you needed to to go this route, that you needed to have these networking groups? Well, when I started working with a group of bloggers, I realized the amount of knowledge that these people had. It was just absolutely amazing, and they were so helpful. So I started reaching out to other people thinking, okay, well, these people know the content side. I really need some help with the technical side. And so I reached out to a few people and got to know them and slowly developed that network. So I just looked at what were my needs, what areas do I need to focus on, and where do I need to get the most help? And then I also looked at it from what do I know that I can offer someone else? Because I didn't want to go in just asking for help. 
I wanted to also be able to provide that help back to others. And so it kind of grew from there. Now tell me, uh, how often did you post during that first year? And were your posts uh, short ones or very detailed? Uh, give us an idea on that. Sure. Back then, I was posting maybe six or seven deals on a daily basis. And they were uh, a little bit of my personal side came through. I tried to make them original. So that way, for sharing something that other people have shared, it still gave people a reason to read mine because I showed myself and my own personality. And so, yeah, I look back and they were rather short and to the point, but uh, the frequency wasn't there. Like I said, I was only posting a few deals every day of the week. Okay. Now, do you remember how fast uh, your following grew? I don't even know if, do you remember maybe the first six months or yeah, the first that, few months? Yeah, that first six months, we did not have hardly anyone. Um, I remember that it took us about a year, and I think we got up to 2,000 Facebook fans in about a year. So I thought that felt that was felt really good that we had gotten that far. So, so tell me, but uh, this is interesting because a lot of people give up by then, you know, yeah. uh, if, you know, they, they're very enthusiastic in the beginning, but then after a few months, like nobody's looking at this, I'm an idiot, nobody loves me and, and they just give up. So w what kept you going? I mean, a year is kind of a long time. Honestly, the passion. If you don't have passion behind what you're doing, you're going to quit. I know so many people who start a blog thinking, I'm going to start a blog because ABC Blogger I know makes you know $200,000 a year. I want to do that. And so they find something and they just start a blog. Not because the passion drove them to start it, but because they just wanted to make a, buck, a quick buck. And they didn't see that initial return on their investment of their time. And so they quit. My passion carried me through. I truly loved what I was doing. And whether people were reading it or not, I really didn't care. I was having just way too much fun doing what I was doing. And that actually still holds true today. I love what I do. And my passion carries me through on those times that I really feel like throwing in the towel. So give me an idea. Do you remember in terms of traffic, at what point did you uh, hit maybe a thousand visitors a day or some, some number you know, that's... I think that took us about, you know, maybe 15 to 18 months. It took us quite a while. And I remember the first time that we hit a thousand. I went up to my husband and I was so excited. It was a Wednesday night. I will not forget it. And I ran upstairs to our bedroom and I said, we had a thousand twenty five people visit the site today. And I was so thrilled and so excited. And seeing that, it made me realize people care what I'm saying. They're actually stopping by. And so, you know, that passion, like I said, carried me through. But then seeing and knowing people were actually visiting my site and I had hit such a big milestone, I thought, I really want to keep doing this. This is a lot of fun. So give us an idea, uh, in addition to, you, you mentioned that you were on, on, on local news TV, but what other ways have you promoted your blog for, during the first couple of years? You know, I really, what I would do in my line of blogging, uh, networking, like I've said, it's really important. And what happens is if I were to find a great idea on how to save money, whether it be a coupon, a deal at a store, an article, what I would do is I would tell the people in my network, hey, I have this great post, 
And what they would do is they would post the same idea on their site and they would give me a link back credit. So they might say, for example, oh, there's a great deal on laundry detergent this week at this store. And the person who found this was Penny Pension Mom. And they give me a link. So as their readers read that deal, they would see that someone else actually found that. And they would say, oh, well, who is this blogger? And they would click that link and which would take them to my site. And I would do the same thing for these other people. So that's how our network actually worked. We would link to one another on our websites and sending traffic to each other. And that kind of developed the growth. Wow, it's it's funny that um, it's so powerful. You know, today it's powerful, and it was powerful 10 years ago. And everybody's talking about SEO and how to optimize your site and how to get links, but it really comes down to value. If you can provide value, right. then then people will share what you, what you offer, and and it's it's going to become really good uh, SEO for you and and for them as well. Absolutely. The more that we share the more that the sites you would love to get those links from find you. And when you get those, that totally helps your SEO because it's those credible sources linking to you, and that's invaluable. So you, you also managed to get some A-list public, into some A-list publications like New York Times, U.S. News, yes. Good Morning America, and all that. What advice do you have for other entrepreneurs on getting this type of publicity? What, what's your secret, if there is a secret, or what is the strategy that works? Honestly, I'm just myself. You know, I'm, I'm not pushy. I don't keep pushing myself onto these companies. They don't want that. Um, these companies want to work, these media outlets, they want to work with people who are honest and genuine. And so that's all I did. I never reached out to anybody. They have found me because I'm credible. Uh, the one thing I have done on my site that I know helps tremendously is I have a media link. Because these media outlets, you know, if they find you, they want to know, well, why would I want to interview you? Why would you be a good person to appear on our morning talk show? They can go through there. They see where you've been and what credibility you bring to the table. And when they see these other uh, quality news media outlets, then they think, okay, well, if you've worked with, you know, ABC or you've worked with Huffington Post or whomever, you're definitely someone who knows what you're talking about. And so it goes, that's how I feel that they have found me is just, that one TV appearance that I made locally gave me the instant credibility that I needed. So don't be afraid to reach out, but at the same time, don't be too pushy. And just always be yourself and be honest and be credible. So after you've been on that local news uh, channel, you didn't even have to reach out to these publications? They came to you, basically? Absolutely. I have never reached out to any of these media outlets. They have all contacted me. Uh, again, for me, I know it comes from the content that I'm putting out there. They can see that I'm honest. They can tell that I'm myself, and I'm, I'm credible, and I know what I'm talking about. So... My next question is on uh, social media. You have, I believe, 245,000 Facebook likes. Yeah, we actually hit 250,000 on Sunday morning. So I don't know what happened, but there has been a major spike in your likes uh, because I, I looked at some other sites. 
and they were talking and even I think on your site I think it was a much smaller number but I don't know what happened in the last I don't know few months or six months or whatever but it really really jumped your your Facebook likes yes. have you changed your strategy or what what is that about you know I've had this question asked of me so many times because you know my colleagues and the people I network with they want to know what are you doing how did you go from you know, January 1st, we had like 98,000 fans, January 1st, 2014. And here we are, May 5th, and we have 250,000. That's more than doubling in just a few short months. And I honestly am not sure. Um, part of what I do is I engage my readers. I talk to them. When they leave a comment, I respond to them. I thank them. I get involved with what they have to tell me. Um, I also don't just only share my, my own stuff. I'll go find humorous things to say or I'll ask questions. Um, I give them a reason to come visit me. People don't want to just see you pushing yourself. That they don't. That's not what they want. They want a place that they can be social. They can get engaged and they can talk to you. So I think that's honestly, that's the only explanation I have. I haven't changed how I've done that. I just think the Facebook algorithms, they're constantly changing. They're constantly looking at things. And so I wonder if that had something to do with it, too. So how much time do you have to – because you also have about 12,000 Twitter followers. Yes. Um, so how much time do you need to spend on social media to make this work, uh, just to give them, our audience an idea? Yeah, well, honestly, on Twitter, I go to Twitter a couple times a day. I spend five to ten minutes at the most um, retweeting, finding new followers, engaging people. Same thing on my Pinterest account, just a few minutes each day, uh, repinning content, reaching out to people. Um, Facebook, I maybe spend an hour a day at the most, just because that's where my biggest following is at this time. But I don't spend hours and hours. You know, I'm a mom. I have three kids. Um, I'm running a business. I don't have time to sit down and spend hours and hours trying to push my social media. Okay. Um, let's talk about outsourcing a little bit. Do you outsource anything to VAs or yes. to, to anyone? And can you share that? Sure. Um, I actually have several assistants, and if I didn't have them, I would go crazy. I do have a web person that I go to for all my technical things. Um, I found him. He's another blogger, and he's amazing at what he does. So I outsource all my technical work to him. I have an assistant who works for me three days a week so that I have time to get away from the site. I have another person who does – we do what we call store matchups which is where we take the weekly ad and we find the coupon that goes with the deal and put that together to say, oh, this is on sale. Use this coupon, pay this price. I have somebody who puts together those for me for several of my stores. And I also have somebody who maintains a local database of the coupons that we get here in Kansas City. So I have a team of people who do that. Oh, and I also have people who are at the stores actually scouting deals for me. If they find a great font, a great bargain, they'll email me and say, hey, I found this deal at Target. So it's really a team effort to get us to where we've been. And how do you find your assistants and the people that you outsource with? Is it just through your own network or do you have some other strategy? A couple of them came from my network. Uh, one of them actually was somebody I knew my she and her son and my daughter are in the same grade at school. 
and she was a stay-at-home mom, and she was a previous school teacher, and she reached out to me and said, hey, if you ever want some help, and I thought, oh, that'd be great. And then um, another one, I was in a Facebook group where um, it's a virtual assistance Facebook group where you can go looking for people. So I went out there, and I did find somebody, and then I also, my deal scouts are readers. They emailed me, and they were finding some deals, and they were doing a great job. And so I offered to start paying them for their time. So that's really where it all came from. It's a lot of, it was that friendship that I had. It was a Facebook group where I could find somebody. And then it was also my own network of readers on Facebook. Do you use some kind of a software to manage all these people? Because it sounds like a lot, a lot of uh, <laughs> things that's, that, that are going on. They all know what they're supposed to do. Um, most of them are contract employees, so they work their own schedule. I just tell them, hey, here's what I need you to do. They have their own login to my site. They go in. They do their work. They schedule it. They know what they have to do. I don't even have to worry about it. Um, my one assistant, I do give her access to my inbox because then she can go in when I'm away and look at my emails and take care of everything that needs to be done. And that way I don't have to worry about forwarding emails to her or anything like that. Um, my contract employees, because they are contract, they invoice me on the pay period that we've agreed upon. Uh, most of them are weekly. And so they just send me an invoice and I write them a check for the time that they put in. My one VA that does work three days a week, she's an actual employee of mine. And so I do pay her on a monthly basis uh, via payroll. So really how know, it works. They just know what they're supposed to do, and then I don't have to worry about it. Okay. You know, I, I you mentioned uh, Facebook groups um, earlier, and I, I wanted to bring it up because I, you know, even for my my business, Success Harbor, I'm interested in entrepreneurial groups and all that, and I'm I'm a member of several of those groups, but I'm having trouble finding, and I'm sure in our audience this is uh, th this this occurs with others that. Most of these groups that I find, it's just a bunch of people like almost like spamming it, you know, just <laughs> here, 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 you know, buy from me or whatever. So how do you find good groups that, where there's good interaction? Do you have any advice on that? Because I've been struggling with that. Oh, absolutely. What I would do is talk to the people in your network or other bloggers in the same niche as you and say, hey, I'm needing an assistant. Do you know where I can go? Or... I'm looking for some good Facebook groups to get involved with. Which ones would you recommend? And that's honestly how I found mine. I told some of my people, I said, I'm needing some assistance. Do you guys know where I can go find a new VA? And they said, oh, there's this great Facebook group you should try. And that's honestly where I found that. Um, once in a while, Facebook will pop up and give you some group ideas to join. I've joined a few of those. I've looked around. If I don't like it, I just leave the group. So I've okay. come and gone out of many groups on Facebook. I've also found several that have worked out very well through that same method. But the biggest resource for me was reaching out to others who were doing what I was doing and asking for their insight. Okay, that's good advice. Now tell us, when did you start um – Generating revenue with penny pinching mom. Uh, how much? How long? You know, how many years or months into starting it from 2009 that you said, you know, I'm going to start generating revenue with this site? Well, I didn't really understand monetization when I first started my website. 
So it took me a couple of months to get anything on my site. But I can will never forget my very first paycheck came in August of 2009. So that's about eight months after I had started. And it was for like $63. And I remember opening that, seeing that check, and looked at my husband and said, I paid $63 on my blog. And I was so excited. And so then I realized I made $63. I wonder if I can make more. So I started just reading and researching and signing up with affiliate programs and trying to put that all into play on my site. And I still wasn't doing very well, but as I networked, I learned a lot about monetization because so many of these people had been doing it for so long and they were willing to share some of their secrets. So they taught me about how to put ads on. They taught me more about the affiliate programs. They taught me more about how to promote those types of deals and that information to get those clips. And, you know, we noticed, I think from year one to year two, our growth was like 1,500% income. And it's gone up every year since then, since we've been doing this for five years. And so today, how do you generate revenue from your site? It is um, my ads. Um, I have an ad network that I use. And then I also generate it through affiliate links. Uh, you know, I'll find a good deal on something and someone will buy that. I'll get, an I'll get an affiliate payment. Or for me, if they print a coupon, I get paid for that coupon print. So that's really where a lot of my income comes from. Okay. Now, Let's talk about, I mean, so far it sounds like everything has been, you know, kind of easy, but it, I'm sure it hasn't. So yeah. talk about maybe a big mistake or like the biggest mistake that you made in, in business since you started. Yeah, my biggest one was not researching enough how to monetize. I feel like I missed out early on capitalizing on potential income because I didn't know that. I didn't understand what monetization even was. It was not even a word in my vocabulary, you know? And so I think I missed out on those opportunities early. And of course, since then, I've obviously corrected that. Another mistake I made, I mentioned earlier, was the name of my site. It was just not user-friendly. It was not memorable. So changing that was honestly, I think, the turnaround and really was that point when I started making good money and felt that I could really do this and turn it into a business. So let's talk about um, dealing with the ups and downs of, of being an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you have them, but I do and uh, everybody that I talked yeah. to so far. And and tell me, how do you deal with that? Does it become easier if you, as you have more success? What advice do you have about dealing with the ups and downs? You know, there are always ebbs and flows to any business. And if you want to quit the minute that things slow down, you know, then, then quit. You know, there's nothing I can do to force you to stay. But you have to be willing to ride those highs and lows. Every time you have a high, I guarantee you, not far on, the far on the horizon, you're going to drop. Things are going to, to tailor off and you're going to slow down and the income may go down. But stick with it because you hit that high, you're going to hit a low. But remember, it's that roller coaster. What goes down must come up. So, you know, if it goes down, you know you're going to eventually get back there again. You just have to have the drive, determination, and passion that will carry you through those low times. If you don't have that, 
you will quit and nothing anybody says or does will make you change your mind. So what do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs, especially early on, uh, you know, aside from uh, social networks and hanging out on Facebook too much? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think what people waste time on is trying to be like someone else. I think they look at other people's successes and they say, oh, that's working for them. I want to do the exact same thing. You can't do that. You've got to find your own calling, your own ideas, your own niche, your own personality on your website. If you do that, you know, there's that field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. It's the same general attitude when it comes to a website or a blog. If you build it the right way, people are going to come. You've got to give them a reason. If you're just the same as ABC blog and ABC blog is huge, why would they come see you? They can get the same thing over there. Be original and be true to yourself. Are you – I just have um, – we're getting to that 30-minute. I have three more questions. Is it okay to sure. uh, to go through those? Um, if Are you inspired by anyone in business, maybe another blogger or somebody that is not even have to be in your space, but you think they're really having – their act together and you know maybe you aspire to them or just just look up to them or or learn from them you know there's a few um i really admire um, jd roth with get rich slowly he's got a great blog with a lot of really good information um another one i really admire is um get um smart passive income by pat flynn um he's got amazing podcasts you know and he's got that the drive and determination and he just share such great ideas and information, and I would love to be um, a lot like him. Another one I really admire is um, Pioneer Woman. You know, she took these recipes she was making at home, and she's turned it into this empire, you know, this amazing empire with this huge following. And the thing I love about all, all of those is they're doing their own thing. They're all different, but they've all found what works for them. And so it gives me the understanding and the know-how that if I do what works for me, there's no reason I can't be as successful as they are. If you could, if you could train someone to be a successful entrepreneur, what would be the first thing you'd want to teach that person? Um, I would tell them, make sure that you know what you're doing um, as far as the idea. You know, I don't know fashion. I'll admit that. If I tried to come on and do something with fashion, I'd I'd fail in a heartbeat, no matter what my drive and determination was. I know saving money. I know finance. So that's what I went with. So find your true heart's calling, what you're passionate about, and that's what you've got to start with. You've got to have that idea and know that that's going to carry you through those ebbs and flows, those highs and lows, the late nights the stress of running a small business. Okay. What are some of your favorite books, maybe your favorite or the top two books that helped you with your business or in general? You know, I will be honest. I actually haven't read a single book. Um, I'm a mom of three and, you know, I try to get onto my site, do what I need to get offline to take care of three kids. Uh, My kids are just now in school And so it's finally I have that time that I'm going to maybe find some books that I can read, that I can sit down and I can grow from. Um, There is one that I did scan through. It was Blogging for Profit, and it was written by um, 
the lady that owns um, Saving While Spending Less, and her name is Ruth Sokup. And she shares a lot of great insight on how to monetize a blog. And I purchased it and I scanned it, but I have not honestly had time to sit down and read it from cover to cover like I'd like. Thank you for your honesty. I, I appreciate it. It just <laughs> shows that there are so many ways to succeed. And, you know, we don't all have to say, you know, that's the book that gave me the ideas to do this and that. So I appreciate that. Sure. So how can how can people connect with you? Oh, you can find me all sorts of ways. Um, first, directly through my website, pennypensionmom.com, and I've got a contact button at the top. I'm on Facebook, Penny Pension Mom, Twitter, surprisingly, Penny Pension Mom. Um, tried to keep my handle the same everywhere I go, so it's really easy to track me down. Okay, Tracy. Thank you very much for sharing your story with our audience today. We learned a lot from you, and I wish you a lot more success in the next five years. You've been doing this for five years with great success. Congratulations, and really appreciate your time today, and, and thank you. Thanks for having me, George.